I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. My guest today is the Special Projects Manager at Shake It Up Australia Foundation and the caregiver to her dad who lives with Parkinson's. Please welcome to the podcast, Sarah Foster. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Amy. So great to talk to you today and about my journey with my father. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, first of all, for being here. You're joining us from the Northern Beaches, a beautiful part of Australia. Tell us a little bit about life up there. Well, Northern Beach is, is actually part-time uh, here. I actually have the best of both worlds of uh, Cronulla and Northern Beaches. So obviously I love the beaches. I love getting out there, do a bit of paddle boarding, uh, just looking at the sea, the whales and the dolphins, and it's just a very calm place to live. So very lucky in that respect. Has that always been something that you've been drawn to? Uh, I lived in the Blue Mountains for a very long time, uh, for 20 years, and I was like, oh, I think I need to come back to the coast where my mother grew up as a child and I got to spend lots of time, you know, on the beaches as a child. So, yeah, mountains or beach, I'm happy in either spot. (laughs) Both, like, totally different experiences but very nature-based, which seems like it might be something that, like you said, is very calming and um, a relaxing place to be. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, this is obviously a a podcast about Parkinson's, so I would love if you could share with us uh, what your connection to Parkinson's is. Sure. So my father, uh, David, was diagnosed with Parkinson's almost seven years ago now, and that was a very interesting time. It was, and I'm the first to admit it, was dad came home and said, yeah, I've got Parkinson's. And I was like, oh, okay, a neurologist will help. There'll be a pill. And we just kind of got on with life and very much that head in the sand moment for all of us until dad, a few years later, we could actually see the progression of the Parkinson's actually getting worse and go, oh, hold on a minute. Uh, There's obviously something more that we need to do and kind of deep dive into what Parkinson's really is. Because at the beginning of the journey, we actually weren't given much information about Parkinson's or where to go or how to help him. Uh, and so that's kind of where our journey took a turn a few years ago where we're like, you know, my dad was sitting in a chair, you know, with a walking stick and, you know, the emotion, the anxiety, the depression had very much overcome him from this condition that he had. And it was very sad to see dad in that state, knowing my father all my life. And he was very active. He would renovate homes. He would take me to netball and volleyball and soccer and very integral part of my life. 
and you know my mother and and him would go on lots of journeys I'd go camping and caravanning and so very active and then to see the shift of a man sitting in a chair and not moving or doing anything it was heartbreaking and that's when we as a family got together and said okay let's actually now get the head out of the sand and go on the journey together which we now have and it's an experience I really like to share with you from uh, the depression and anxiety to, to where he is today. So let's go back one step further just uh, for the start. Before he got his diagnosis, did you as a family notice anything at that point in time? I know you were saying obviously like symptoms maybe weren't so severe for the first couple of years, but was there anything, what prompted him to go to see someone? It was it was mum and dad were travelling. So they had, you know, the Australian dream, they had bought the caravan, they were travelling around the country and when dad was reversing the caravan, there were a few little things. Mum was like, you're going to run into that fence. You're going to run into that gate. And dad would run into that gate and run into that fence. And it was like, well, something's not quite right here, you know. And he would come back and have a very slight tremor in his hand nothing to really concern ourselves about, we thought at the time. And then it became evident that Dad was like, I don't think I should drive anymore. Uh, He would, you know, he was getting blurred vision. uh, So he would see more than one car on the road, so came into double vision. So he was like, there's definitely something wrong. And, you know, being... with girls, his wife and his daughter were like, Dad, you've got to go to the doctor. You've got to go to the doctor. Uh, so he was under the pressure and off he went. And it did take a while to get the diagnosis. But once, you know, we got it again, it was like there'll be a doctor for that. There'll be a pill for that. Uh, so the journey at the beginning was very slow and his progression was very slow. He could still speak and walk and, you know, get a hammer and, you know, do little renovations around the house. And that slowly became less and less. And that's where it all went downhill. So it sounds like for for you guys as a family, it wasn't maybe so much getting the diagnosis that has been the shock or the the hardest thing to deal with, but perhaps a few years later when the symptoms have become a bit more prevalent, that it's been that, okay, we all as a family need to make a bit of a decision about how we're going to move forward now. That's right. And it was, we know that, you know, Dad was becoming a lot slower in his speech and in his movement, but his brain was still there. And it was like, well, how do we, you know, activate what he has left, you know, with the dopamine and actually give him the best quality of life? And so we started looking into exercise and diet and wellness and technology. And I took some time off work and really dad became my pet projects, you know, so to speak of, you know, (laughs) Okay, Dad. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get you back to laughing again and out of this chair, and and that's where the turning point was. Where I had the time, and I it's not lost on me that I got that great opportunity to actually look at Dad's health and started investigating at the start Parkinson specific programs, like non pharmaceutical. Like, how can we get him into things that? He wants to do and involved in the community. He didn't particularly want to go to a support group. He didn't want to talk about Parkinson's, but he wanted to slow the Parkinson's. 
And that's where we got him into dance for Parkinson's, where he dances every Wednesday at Bondi, which is so fantastic. And I go with him. Dad and I cannot dance, but we still go and have a great laugh together every Wednesday. And we have a little treat. We go out for lunch and he meets some great people. And, you know, it's just the the music and the movements and he smiles the whole time. And I'm like, this is great. What else can I find that dad can do? And then I found KOPD, Knockout Parkinson's Disease, which is a fantastic program in Sydney. And, you know, dad does balance training. My dad does jujitsu now. Like, that's insane. And it's all specific for Parkinson's. And again, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's talking. He hardly uses his walking stick anymore. Uh, he's out of that chair. He's, you know, he's so excited when he gets a new boxing gloves or, you know, the other week we were uh, dance for Parkinson's at the Sydney Dance Company. Like, who gets to do that? You know, it it's not the life that we thought, but it's still a very enjoyable life and fulfilling and it's fantastic. And I guess... It has been a hard journey and I can sit here and say, you know, these things are all fantastic. Uh, but I wish we had the opportunity for these to all exposed to these opportunities earlier, whereas we didn't have to watch Dad go through this terrible dark phase in his life where he just thought life was, this is it, you know, I'm going to be in this chair and and to see that turnaround. And, and this is his effort. He's the one who's gone, I'm going to do something about this I'm going to smile again and I couldn't be more proud of him (laughs) well it sounds like it's been an incredible team project that you've been there right by his side to help him make those changes and as you're saying it um I was thinking like how did you find these great um programs and things like that because I think like you said you wish you'd known earlier and those resources can be difficult to find or maybe even just overwhelming when you get a new diagnosis you don't know where to look or you don't want to look all of that kind of stuff so they sound so rewarding how how did you find them and how can we direct people to places to get information like that so for me it was I did a I took 6 months just doing pure research on Parkinson's uh medical research trials what was out there around the world and you know there is so much investment into finding a cure which is fantastic and I hope the cure is found yesterday right uh but it was you know, how do I improve that quality of day-to-day living with dad and that quality of life between those visits to the neurologist? And through my research, I kept finding exercise, diet, wellness, technology kept popping up, which is great. But tell me what exercise. I mean, exercise is great for everybody, whether you have Parkinson's or not, right? But I wanted Parkinson's specific. So again, I went through my research and they were saying, you know, walking and dance and music and boxing. I'm like, okay. And then literally on Google going boxing Parkinson's, uh, dance Parkinson's. And they're, you know, I'm in Sydney. Where do I find this? Uh, and that's, it was just basically Googling. Um, and then that's how I found all these Parkinson's specific programs which, you know, eventually would be great if we could have it all under one umbrella and 
you know, you, you want these exercise activities and just go, right, there's the link, um, go there. So uh, Dance for Parkinson's is all over Australia. Uh, they have online and they have in-person, which is fantastic. Um, KOPD is Sydney-specific, but they are expanding. And there are other exercise, boxing exercises around the country. So, yeah, it, it's it was difficult to find it all in one place, but it, you know, obviously for us, it was definitely worth it, and we found it. And you know, if there is somebody out there who you know wants to do a bit of jazz one day, you know, get on the Dance for Parkinson's website and and find it locally to you, or if you're in Sydney, go to KOPD. Yeah, we re- like the most recurring, um, I guess, like advice or suggestion we get on this podcast is dance and boxing. And I think it's because it's that perfect mix of you're getting the physical exercise, but it's also like patterns, repetition, like different moves like that. So it's really challenging your brain in a different way. And it's the social engagement because it's a group class. It's about the coffee that often happens afterwards. Like it's a combo effect of not just physical exercise or mental exercise, but you're getting all three of those in one. And so I think it's just... I can't stress enough how much people talk about dance and boxing and we've got to get everybody into it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so, and it's great as a caregiver to my dad to be involved in the community. And what I love about it is, yeah, we all know, you know, dad and, and everybody else involved has Parkinson's. So we don't need to actually talk about our condition every time we go to one of these sessions. But if somebody is struggling for whatever reason on their journey where they are within Parkinson's, there's always a mate next to you that will hold you up, that will actually go, you're right, keep going, push you further because they understand because they have Parkinson's. And we don't need to be told every minute of the day about Parkinson's. I mean, this is where these support groups are great. Um and the, the mix of people, the young and old, and, you know, it's such a great community to be a part of, uh, like I said, in the support and doing these amazing things like, you know, going to the Sydney Dance Company to dance or going to the Opera House. I remember uh, oh, I was probably about eight months ago, Dad and I were in the car on our way home and he said, you know what, it's not that bad after all living with Parkinson's. I, I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, I have really bad days, but he goes, it's days like this when I get to hang out with you, do a bit of dance, come home. And I'm like, oh, dad. (laughs) So it's a very, um, it's a rewarding journey. It's a hard journey, but so blessed in an ironic way to be part of it with my dad. And my mum is just the, the strength, the tower of strength within us who just make sure that, you know, dad is, you know, he gets fed every day and, you know, they do the hug and lay on the lounge and have a cuddle, which is so good because a year ago that had kind of gone, you know, because we had all gone through our journeys with dad, you know, me as a daughter going, oh, God, I miss dad, you know, like going down to the pub or going to the footy. And mum just missed her husband. And so when we transitioned and turned the journey around, I'm a daughter again and mum's a wife again. And I tell you, it's, it is hard. It's hard the day to day. 
Um, but I think we found the balance for dad that's right today. And anyone with Parkinson's knows that the journey will change. Um, and it's just the way that you adapt to that. Um, and you can still have a fabulous life. <laughs> You certainly can, but you're right. It's it's being adaptable, and it's really one day at a time, and taking those changes um, on board when when you need to and have to. But you mentioned there about, I guess, sort of like the roles and the identities in the family about being able to be a daughter again or a wife again, and missing a version of your dad. How has it been stepping into the care caregiver role? How have you found that and how do you deal with, um, I'm sure there are days where it is challenging or taxing um, or like you said, just missing an old version. Mentally, there's a lot going on there. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I think it's it was very challenging to find the balance. Uh, I worked in the corporate world for over 20 years. Uh, so I was very much on the go all the time and dealing with uh, a lot of people, a lot of meetings, and then focusing on many different things. And I strived on that. I loved it. But making the decision for me to leave corporate was actually a no-brainer. Uh, it was to actually, no, that can wait, uh, but my dad can't. And I really struggled. Uh, I am telling you there would be days where I would just walk away from the family and just burst into tears going, <clears throat> What's happened? You know, uh, it was really hard. It was really hard. And it was like, how do I find that balance? And, you know, I would, was never a person that would speak, um, about my emotions. And I realized that wasn't doing myself or my family any good. So actually opening up to, you know, my friends, uh, was really the first step of coping. Um, because, you know, I've had friends that, had for 40 years uh and you know I just remember opening up to them and just kind of crying and they were kind of looking at me going is everything okay and I went actually no like I actually don't know what to do and having them support me so I could support dad and support mom was really beneficial and just talking about it talking about how you feel and then how do I find a balance of my life um, as well, you know, and that was difficult, but I think I have a good balance now. It's taken a long time and there's still days where I just go, oh, it's darn Parkinson's. Uh, but again, <laughs> it's, uh, I look at dad and he's just striving every day to make his life better and that gives me comfort and happiness and makes me laugh again with him. Um, we have a few little in-jokes, Dad and I, and I think the funniest is um, because Dad's a little bit slow in answering questions, people think Dad is deaf. So Dad, people will start speaking quite loud to Dad and there will be that pause moment and Dad will go, um, I'm not deaf, I just have Parkinson's. And people just kind of look at him like, that's Dad's dry humour. <laughs> so yeah it's um we can find the funny side of, of such a serious condition well yes anyone that's um heard my dad on the podcast know that he he does the same thing yeah. uh, you got to find the the light and joy and humor in the situation but I think what you're saying about balance is so important and 
I guess recognizing the reality of it that of course you want to be there and supporting your dad but that also um, has challenges because you have a life that you're trying to figure out how that fits into it and some days it works some days it doesn't so it's also I think taking the um, pressure off the carer for it to every day um, be simple or make sense because that's not realistic of they're going to be days that you get frustrated with Parkinson's, like you said, and wish that wasn't how the cards had um, been dealt. But, you know, then you, what I always say, like put your big girl pants on and get back to it and, and we try again tomorrow. Exactly. And, and you know, and I'm very open with dad as well, which I was a bit worried about taking that tactic. You're saying, dad, you know, like today was really tough for me. And him actually understanding, um, and I think it's that open communication that actually makes it work and it helps all of you, you know, from a um, a family network, which then extends to your friend's network of, you know, your parents' friends, your friends, and then having a healthcare team around you that really, you know, with dad with physiotherapy and speech therapy and his neurologist and his um, dance and boxing it's communicating with all of them where dad is at and he will say you know today's not a good day when he has physio why is it not a good day well they made me work really hard at boxing yesterday uh but having everyone on the same page and being open um and just the understanding of the comp how complex Parkinson's is of having that one really good day and then maybe, you know, two days that are really, you know, not so good. Um, and then also giving time for people to just have their moment on their own, I think is quite important to have your own thoughts as long as you're still being vocal at, at the same time, you know. So uh, communication, understanding, friendships, love, um, it's just all part of it and just so grateful that I've got my dad. <laughs> well, I'm very grateful that uh, you have him and he has you. You sound like an incredible team um, and your mum, let's not erase her from this narrative as well, oh. an important <laughs> contributor. Um, a final question, and you sort of have already done this in spades, but um, I'll ask it anyway that if there is any advice for someone that's just received a Parkinson's diagnosis or a family member has, what would you, uh, what would you say to them? I think going back on my own experience is go back to your GP and ask them, you know, where do I go? How do I find information out about Parkinson's? Doing your own research, obviously, and from very firsthand experience, you know, it can be overwhelming. There is so much information out there. But I think for the person who has been diagnosed is ask the question, you know, what do you want out of life? What is that main? You've been diagnosed with this condition. What do you want? It's yes, obviously we don't want Parkinson's, but think about the quality of life. I think that's very important when you're first diagnosed. If you play football, for example, keep playing football because you really love doing it. Or if you, you know, you're an artist, keep painting, keep doing the things that you love doing. Don't stop. Uh, your wellness, your mental health is so important. And just because you've been diagnosed with Parkinson's doesn't mean that life stops. Uh, I guess that 
for me is probably the advice I have. And, you know, I asked my dad the other day, I said to him, what do you want to do? Because I'm always telling him, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And he goes, I wouldn't mind going up the coast, going for a drive up the coast with you for a couple of days. I went, done, let's do it. So it's remembering to ask what they want, uh, not always what we think is best for them because they're still a person, they still have a brain, you know, they're still walking around as best that they can. So I think when you're newly diagnosed is keep going, do the things that you enjoy doing every single day. Well, that is incredible parting words. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today, Sarah, and also all of that knowledge and information. Because like you were saying, the more you know, like knowledge is power and you can just understand better. So very grateful for you sharing all of that advice. Thank you, uh, Amy. It has been such a great afternoon with you and sharing my experience with Dad and, and, you know, the integral person, which is my mother as well. So it's... uh... (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.